All right, another Neon Black. How you doing, Ryan Jaso? Hi, how are you doing, Shane Gilmore? I'm doing good. Um, sunny day here in Long Beach. Uh, what, what's been going on? Coachella. We had Coachella last weekend. Yeah, we had a little Coachella event. I can say this is the worst Coachella I've ever, from a, from a musical standpoint, <laughs> Let's just from a lineup right standpoint, down. it's the worst Coachella in history. I was feeling the same way, and I couldn't decide if I was just old or... If it really is the worst Coachella, I mean, even all the acts that I ended up, that I watched like after like the live streaming was just it just there wasn't that much interesting shit. And I'll say this: like last year, I thought was going to be the worst, and then it ended up being pretty good. Like once you were there, um, like even the guest spots weren't that impressive. Everybody kind of has been freaking about up, freaking out um, over Beyonce and like mediocre, very mediocre. I'm sorry. We could do a whole pod. It's rad that she brought her family out. Yeah. (laughs) Right? She really went for it there. It's Mattress Firm's semi-annual sale. Right now, save up to $400 on our top-rated brands, like a Sealy Queen mattress that's now $399.99. Plus, take home a free adjustable base when you spend $699. At Mattress Firm, we make it easy to find the right bed for you. So hurry and visit mattressfirm.com or a store near you to save today. Your budget stretches further at Mattress Firm. Offer valid with qualifying purchase. Restrictions apply. Valid at participating locations only. For offer details, visit mattressfirm.com slash sale. They went for it there. Hey, I'm going to call my husband. Um, I just, you know what it is? I think part of it is the sensationalist headlines. Beyonce was the greatest headline performer ever. Beachella. Give me a break. She just has such a rabid fan base. She could have came out on stage, played two songs and left, and they probably would have said the same thing. And... Two to three hundred people sitting on the ground in front is the most disrespectful shit. If I'm one of those other acts playing that stage and I have 400 beehive people like taking up the whole front row, sitting down and not getting up during my show. Unbelievably disrespectful to someone who worked their ass off for their entire career to be able to play that main stage at any point in the day. It's a huge accomplishment, and to have a bunch of people who are well, entitled and think they can just sit it's there. It's a big accomplishment, but it seems to be getting less and less of an accomplishment, because these days they're just like, hey, Lainey, like, you guys had an album. Put you guys should, on the main stage. We could do an entire <laughs> podcast about how, how this is terrible. But our guest this week was uh, a really good friend of mine, George Carolexis, who, as of yesterday, I believe... Um, we talked yesterday about, is in the day that we're recording this. You guys are hearing this on Tuesday. <laughs> Fair enough. So we'll just say last week by last the time you're hearing week. this. That's a good job. There you go. Thanks for catching that producer guy. <laughs> uh, basically what I'm a producer now. Nah, I'm joking. Go ahead. Produce the shit out of this. <laughs> <laughs> so what he was working on was getting, this is the second environmental campaign that he's done. And he's, even though he's an American, he started it in the UK because an act that he looks after is from there. And this this one was, the whole idea of this campaign was to eliminate plastic straws from everyday consumption. He met with Theresa May, he talks about meeting with Theresa May, and as of last week, wink, wink, he ends up- For those that, who don't know, Prime Minister of the UK. Yes. Kind of a big deal. Yeah, got to go and meet with her, and um the UK is going to eliminate plastic straws from the entire country, which is a pretty crazy feat. It is. Uh, he's, he, George, George is, he's a cool dude. He's definitely has the perfect temperament to be, to go into uh, philanthropy. Philanthropy. He's super likable. He's in management too. He's so he, <laughs> you got to have a there's good probably a little bit to do yeah, all I was going to say, things. there's definitely some crossover there. Um, of course, we get some Takashi 6 9 talking. 
some uh, was it is it March for your lives or March of our lives? March for our lives. March for our lives talk. Um, it's just like some old man shit about social media and um, shake our cane. And I, I don't think Mike. We don't get any butthole talk from Mike. So <laughs> it's a great episode. Um, it's it's really cool to see what he's done. This is his second one. They got they're the they were actually the ones that are eliminated microbeads from the world. Well, most major countries, most first world countries have eliminated the use of microbeads and toothpaste and other stuff. So this was his second go at it. And uh, it's really impressive what they were able to get accomplished in such a short amount of time with this campaign. Hopefully the rest of the world takes note from what the UK is doing because plastic straws are one of the most harmful things to our environment. But yeah. And then um, catch our other podcasts as well. Um, The lovely ladies over at Live Forever. Uh, every every Thursday, creative control is creative now control. a weekly now weekly, which uh, which Jaso is cheating on me with for the most part. We've it's had, Chris's show, but Jaso is on it most of the time. We've had some really great guests on that this this month. We had uh, GTA Wax Motif, uh, to name a few, and Matoma. It was, yeah. a big, it was a big month in April. So if you're into music production, that is that is the show for you too. Check all of those out, and of course, don't sleep on Neon Black. Don't sleep on the leg. Don't sleep on me. Peace. I just don't understand why people that defend the second amendment are so adamant about a document that was written almost 300 years ago. Uh, you have to be. Do you though? You have to be. Absolutely. That same document also said that black people were three fifths of a person. So times fucking change. Yeah, but people point. grow. We, yeah. I mean, people are a lot bigger nowadays. <laughs> I can't even answer that. I can't even go anywhere with that. But my point being like, it's times. The change. average like, man was like five, uh, six, Jason. That sure. whole, that document was written because we were worried about fucking tyranny from the redcoats. Yeah, but I, that, that's, a that's a way bigger concern to me than like self-defense. Like uh, of my house. You're worried Absolutely. about yeah. bearing arms against, yeah. against a corrupt government. No you gotta, question. Like, you got to remember, like uh, things are awesome now. I mean, things really are awesome in our lives and our go- uh, as much as we like to clown the American government and. Uh, or the UK or Israel, I mean, major large cor- con- countries. Things on in the planet in 2018 are, are quite um, great compared to human history. I, I know, agree, but do you think but, if you had nine AR-15s, you could stop the American government from killing you? Uh, I, I think that... You might if, be able to get a no, couple. In, in a, there's never been a large-scale uh, country or dynasty that hasn't had the government try to take it over. In, in in the history of human existence, modern human history, there's never been an organized group of people that hasn't has, that's had a re- well-regulated government that hasn't had it try to take over its own people. You know, we're, the, we're so essentially we're just waiting for that bomb to drop. Now, chances of that happening, chances of the American government trying to like provide martial law on its people, very slim. But it remains slim if they know they have a well-armed populace. You think so? I, I think if you have an unarmed populace, so. it's not. It's it's a far, far larger. I think it's beyond that. Yeah. Like the the technology they have, and uh, without going conspiracy, there's no way that even if every single person had a gun could defend themselves. Well, I don't think. I, I don't agree. think that. I don't. It would I, more be. No it would more be taken into account the collateral damage of like, is this really worth it? 
is the juice worth the squeeze yeah, but here? And hasn't the, the government already that, taken over in a way? You got to think that that's assuming that the United States military plays ball with the government. Correct. I mean, you got to remember the United States Which military is, is people. True. They're humans. They're but Americans. Yes, the, yeah. They're not going to necessarily fall in Different line. You know, if you have a family. Historically, even within the United States, have his, have have deviated quite a bit from from the power of the central government. Yep. This is this is this is very far fetched. I'm not a conspiracy. I'm not one of these guys like, dude, we got to get off the map, Hashtag and the government's going to take it. So I'm simply saying that, you know, it's not. It is unlikely. It's not impossible. And and um, that that was the reason the Second Amendment was was eradicated. And it's also the same reason that it's still important today. Now, do people people allow their ego to get out of control, and it manifests in many ways. Most of them are not dangerous. Sports cars, affliction shirts. Uh, you well, know, I could argue. You know what I'm saying? I could like, argue those. You know, I could but, argue. I could argue. But, I could argue. argue I could argue that? a combination oh of, an know, have, of a sports car and an affliction shirt could be very dangerous. Have you seen a dude in a yellow Corvette wearing an affliction shirt? That's dangerous. That's very dangerous. My point being, though, there, there is, there is, and I know these guys because I'm a, you know, I'm a, I'm a huge hunter. And I know, I mean, I, 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 I understand firearms, or at least I, I understand people's desire to have them. There are definitely people who are going above and beyond, and it's cosplay with deadly weapons. You know what I'm saying? It's not just, I want a gun because I, I want to protect my family in case shit goes down. I want a gun to go hunting. They, they fetishize and they collect murderous weapons, and that is a very real thing. That's you know? a problem. And, yeah, that's just, for, that's, let's rewind huge. a bit to your point. The March for Our Lives, they're not, there's a very small few that are trying to ban all assault rifles. What they were trying to accomplish is reasonable gun reform. Yeah, but that's so broad. It's not broad. That is broad. No, because the A, Trevor Noah had the best quote about it. If these kids are young enough to be shot, they're young enough to have an opinion about being shot. Oh, absolutely. I'm no, no, you don't miss my point. I'm not simply, I'm not saying that the March for Our Lives was a bad thing or that it was poorly run or I'm saying that with a lot of these large scale um uh processions or marches or, or movements as opposed to say you say know, like in the, in the 60s like Selma was they, right, they there, marched a very for the right to vote a that's all it was about yeah a clear point and and we, we're losing that I, uh, with I, I, I disagree I think if they continue to push the the story forward and continue to have their voices be heard they're all supposed to walk out on 420 the anniversary of Columbine next month and the idea of what they're trying to get across here is pretty simple gun reform they we need to fix the mental health issue like you said if you're bipolar if you're on a no-fly list with the FBI or an FBI watch list you should not be able to own a firearm I I agree with you but I think that where 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 things are getting murky there is is just because so then how do you so 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 how do you defer? So say I'm feeling depressed, right? Yeah. As a as a as somebody who I who's let's just say I'm an average citizen, and I'm feeling depressed, and I go to a psychiatrist, and I'm like, I feel depressed. Um, You're sad, bro. I feel sad. I need something to help me not feel sad. And I, I do that. They, yeah. I've I've been you know, uh, therapy is good for you. Um, but what? How do they? What level of? So that that could be classified as some form of mental illness, correct? I'm talking about bipolar, well, that's, schizophrenia. So, okay, so that's what you, now you're saying we have to be very specific about the type of mental health and that's where it gets really tough. I think if it's you're diag- not a blanket. I, if you're diagnosed right. as someone who's bipolar, I, I've known many people that are bipolar, including uh, an But how many people, have, out of these shootings, there's only been one 
bipolar but, diagnosis. No, no, no. I don't think you necessarily have to look at it. It's like bipolar or That's schizophrenic. That's what I'm saying. What I, what I do think, though, this is my main big gripe with the American government and its handling of violence and, and firearms and mental health is that we have taken away for the sake of personal freedom for this. Hey, I'm an American. I could do what I want. No one could tell me what to do. If I'm over 18, you can't touch me and tell me how to live my life. In America, medical professionals should have the ability to levy law enforcement against people. To flag people, If, yes. if a medical, mental health professional or a doctor goes, this fucking guy's dangerous. Yeah. In right, and right now, the way things currently are, there's nothing they can do. I, there's nothing they can do. And, I, and a I story think that, a, that. A, an MD, a registered MD, psychiatrist or an MD, should, if they say this person is a threat to society... There should be something that could be done, and as of right now, there's nothing. They can't. That's I. The- I. We had this former employee. Did you ever, did Did you ever meet him? We had this IT guy, not to be named. Oh yeah, who went nuts and held our company hostage. Oh my god, for money. So we paid like him. Physically the, held you hostage? No, or? like he mirrored our back end system and oh. shut <gasps> the entire company guys, out of email. Oh them. my god. So I woke up one morning and I started getting phone calls that emails weren't working. People were calling the office. So we pay him off. He turns it back on. We think we fixed the solution, but he, you know, he went and did his thing. Paid him a ransom. And we paid him a ransom. Wow. Nothing crazy. Five grand to start. Then still we're extortion. Which is still extortion <laughs> and illegal. So then he disappears, and three months later, he shows up to our office, which was a guard, like a, we had a security building, and he figured out how to pass security, show up. Um, and the office I had with Barack had the- um, Oh, yeah. The one tickets office. Yeah. The one tickets office had a lobby that entered in- I mean, sorry. The lobby and the uh, conference room looked out to the lobby. He walks in, in the middle of a meeting, throws down a receipt for $66,666 that we need to pay him or yeah. else he's going to shut everything off again. <gasps> Six six six. Yeah, is that on purpose? I'm yeah, assuming. yeah. So then the guy goes Pretty metal. to the step further and starts showing up at my house, waiting at my door, and telling me that the FBI and I are in uh, conspiracy and we're going after him, <laughs> and that we're trying to kill him and his family. Then the guy comes back and shows up to my house like a year later with the receipt. And I come home and he's at my front door. You guys never paid him the sixty. Never paid him the money. Anyway, he ends up getting fifty one fifty. Goes in. They. He has a lot of mental problems. He has a gun. He owns a gun. And then they, after forty eight hours, they release him. And they said there's nothing they can do because right. beyond that, it's out of his control. Long story short, the guy ended up taking his life because he it went so far down Ugh. and went so crazy. But that guy, like we experienced that. He showed up to our office, eluded security, had a gun, showed up to my house. I went to the police multiple times and there was nothing we could do, but he had a gun. And that well, was scary. That is, it's like, because what do you do 50, now? 5150 is. And yeah, he was 5150. That's insane. And look at what, like, what happened in the scenario of, um, of uh, Jonathan Martin, the the O line ex O lineman from the Dolphins, from the, the Dolphins, oh, yeah. from all from all accounts, like the guy was a stud football player, really smart. Went, Wait, to, went Stanford. to Stanford, yeah, yeah. Um, Stanford then, actually cares if you're. You have to be smart to go to Stanford. Yeah, even if you <laughs> play <care>. football, <laughs> like Duke, definitely. Yeah. yeah, and he was really. I think he was like an honor student. Um, really good football player. 
and then the, the the stuff happened where he he was too depressed to play, and then the, uh, the he was, bullying he was saying he was bullied by by other players on the Dolphins, yeah. and those guys were either cut from the team or fined, and he went on to go play a little while longer for some other teams. And then after, fast forward, uh, what was that, about seven years ago, six years ago? Fast forward, the uh, the, the the most recent shootings happened, and then Parkland he... Parkland stuff, yeah. The Parkland stuff, and then he, 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 he Instagrams... Um, Basically, something along the lines of like, uh, at some point, you're either uh, you either have to do something, or you're a coward, and took a picture of a shotgun and shells, and then tagged the Miami Not Dolphins, cool. his high school, and then tagged a bunch of players. Yeah. And then they had to go; they went and arrested him based off of of social media, posts. off of the social media posts. Um, but like, wh- how do you deal with that? Like, it, so how do you keep somebody like that? And like, how do you do you institutionalize? I mean, you know right. what I'm saying? No, I mean it's it's these. I almost understand with the March for Our Lives why it's a nebulous kind of movement because it's, it's what do you such mean a by ne- nebulous? Meaning it, it, it's it would be hard to kind of clearly state your point because I, okay. everything is so diluted. It, the the water is such murky. a it's such yeah. a broad kind of problem. This isn't this isn't like suffrage or you know it, but, like you're saying marching on Selma. It's like we clearly want this and this is what has to be. This is what we're raising awareness. But you for. know that ninety two percent of Americans ninety two percent want some sort of reasonable gun reform. Right. And I, I'm and one I of them. Think they I'm one of them. But I even have a hard time expressing my own Exactly. I don't think they know what, what reasonable exactly is. And I'm, and, I'm, and I'm in the same boat as Mike. I, I think we should be able to own guns. I like, I actually, you know what I mean? I, but regardless I, I of that fact, you, so do I. I own one too. But, but the point being, if you guys, if we're all sitting at this table and we all want, we all think there's something, the conversation has been started and something needs to happen now. There needs to be a cause and effect Correct. versus, uh, you know, well, it was so, prayers, it was so funny. Shit, it, you know? it, 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 we talked about, we talked, we really want to go really conspiracy theory. We talked about how like nobody talks about Vegas and I think there's other reasons for that. There was, there was, there were things it's that strange, weren't, though. there were things that weren't being How presented. How it just went away. Well, because I don't think it was what it was presented as, first of all, but regardless, the butt stock I also stock think issue. because it wasn't kids. That makes it, I mean, when it's children, we all seemingly yeah, get a little Yeah, there bit was, more. well, there were things that didn't add up with that shooting, but the butt stock thing, right? That was the- Bump stock. Bump yes. stock. What is that? Bump stock is something that you can essentially it, add on to a rifle that it. makes it, it fully automatic. It almost felt like gun lobbyists seated this as- one of the re- one of the prime prime reasons that you could get away that you could um, get away with with how many people got shot 50, 50 people got shot at 50 in, in Vegas and the reality of it is something like that does not really not empower cause. a weapon so when it came around for some some change in legislation that they were it was banned but it wasn't really it was kind of like we gave it, it yeah. was, it's kind of it like was, giving up a layup at the yeah. end of a game and you're up twenty they're playing yeah. chess they're playing chess but you know what I think to your point like all these marches don't have the stamina that like the Vietnam protests had or the civil rights movement because of social media and how quick everyone is to give up. So like Occupy Wall Street, all this stuff. Occupy Wall Street was, that's another thing you want to talk about. Like what what, stupid, really? What are you talking about? Like a bunch of privileged kids who couldn't get a job. Big deal. But I do think, but there is a difference. The last time, the last time I think there was a really effective, meaningful uh, movement was like around 2003 when you saw the first the, the, well what was secondly the second invasion of Iraq uh after the the one in the 90s but that that in, after 9/11 you know with the the weapons of mass destruction and cold yep. Palestinian and and uh Donald Rumsfeld kind of just demanding that we go back in under the Bush administration there seemingly was a lot of very clearly defined um 
protest and defiance to that movement. There was a, it was a very unpopular war. And people were marching and, and holding signs. And I drive by all the time. I drive by government buildings. And people honk if you're against the war. And that seemed so much more clear to yeah. me than than like. And I I I thought the women's march was a beautiful thing. I was like, man, millions of Americans getting together in an unviolent way to just no express. millions of people. Yeah, it, it was worldwide. It, yeah. I was like, it's a beautiful thing. But the end. But I was like, what? What are we just like saying? Women kick ass? Is that you know? I, I came away from it going. Well, what is the, what are you saying? Like women need to be recognized? Like, okay. I mean, that's cool. Is that, what was that about? I, I understand your point. Like, uh, for example, women's suffrage was very concise and clear. It was clear, yeah. We wanted, they wanted the right to vote. And that was the entire message. But that that doesn't mean, I mean, here, this is still TBD. It's still <laughs> to be determined on this one because a big thing that all of them were talking about and all these rallies across is voting these people out who have taken NRA money. If Marco Rubio gets reelected, that will show you point blank that no one really gives a shit in Florida. Yep. Yeah, I think the, the yeah go, going back to the to the actual March for Our Lives. The it's sad that we're at a we're at this point, and this has been said over and over. I know, but but also it is something that is beautiful about. Uh, the constitution that you were talking about is that you have you have high school kids marching out of there walking out of class and 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 it 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 leaving a massive footprint on the on the cultural psyche of yep. of the world and that's that is that protest, it, it's, it's sad that it took free protest is the best american characteristic correct case. it's the most it's the most it's the i think other countries sit around and go seriously you can just you can just, you can do just that? say whatever yeah. the fuck you want. Well, no one can do anything about it, really. Unless you're, unless you're black. But even then, <laughs> you know, yeah, you may, it may not, it may not be as popular. But look at Colin Kaepernick. People can sit and say, "Well, look at how it's affected Colin Kaepernick." But either way, the well, guys, he, what that, he's done is is very interesting. I don't think that that's ever been done before because when he did that initially, uh, there was a lot of criticism, even from somebody who maybe would agree with the concept, but that maybe that he wasn't the right person and he wasn't the right athlete for it. And what you see yeah, with Kaepernick bullshit, is all, no, no, no. It's, well, now we're seeing that no, that's, that's he's, like he's, to, he's been completely ostracized for it, I'm and he's turning saying, into something bigger than what he initially did, which is which is which is great. All Ooh. of that aside, I'm simply saying that it's fully legal, and that no one can tell you not yes. to. And that that's like it's really kind of. I mean, I, I guess I've just been super fortunate. My big my big go to if I had a if I was Bill Gates. Is that I'd say, you know how in Israel, everyone has to serve in the military? Mm -hmm. uh, I don't think everyone should have to serve in the military. But I do think every American, when they turn 18, should have to go somewhere shitty. That would be, if I had a bill, that's I how I'd change agree. the country. I, or every another, American everyone, boy and girl, you a when they turn, no, when they turn 18, <laughs> you have to go to fucking Afghanistan. You got to go. you get protected, but you got to go to, you got to go to. El, El Salvador. No, you, you go to, no, 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 no go but not somewhere nice. No, you need to, you have go, to go somewhere where you go. Oh, you dude, I'm so happy. A different culture to be able to just okay, crack off the mouth whenever so, I want. But in do, here's the here's the reason why that would never happen. In doing so, you're acknowledging that the, you're 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 taking a a meta approach to to a to a spot that is that you're essentially calling a shithole yeah. or a terrible place. But while you while We're you have, Americans, we don't do that. We don't acknowledge of, no, that anything's ever. While wrong. you have hundreds of thousands of Americans there, they can go in and do some good. You know, maybe maybe there is listen, it's very easy to pick on Mormons, but what they do in turn is actually pretty fucking amazing. The missionary experience It's not just Mormons. It's it's yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a beautiful thing. It's like the same with if you had to isolate a part of the Catholic Church. What nuns do is amazing. You yeah. know, like traveling the world helping the needy. Uh, 
I'm simply saying like having the experience of going like when I, I went to South America and I was probably like 15 and I went to Africa when I was like 11 wow. and I didn't spend much time, but I spent enough time to go, Oh my God. How did you end up in so Africa when you were 11? My parents, uh, my dad, one of his biggest clients were the, uh, international uh, Olympic committee, IOC. And, um, there was a, uh, Paralympics in Nigeria in probably like 1990, something like that. And I, I was lucky enough to go to all the Olympics and all the other traveling that he would do for like dignitary meetings and stuff like that. And uh, I, I, I honestly, I was in Africa for two, three days. And I was like, I am so, uh, uh, more impacting was like El Salvador, Honduras, Guatemala, where I was like, oh my Especially God. Then, yeah. Oh my God, like I, I hit the jackpot just by being born American. I, I'm so fucking lucky. Get, I, and I didn't get that same experience uh, going to London or, you know, Ottawa. You know where I'm saying? Where things had the same semblance of, like, under, if personal freedom. Like, knowing that, like, oh, you, I can't just I can't just do anything I want. I can't just start a business down here if I yeah. wanted to. Like, it's not, it's not open to me to do that. It's only for certain groups of people. It's only for blah, blah, blah. So America um, should really employ what you're saying is, uh, I think in Israel they call it birthright, right? It's called birthright, where if you are Israeli, you can, before you're 18, uh, yeah. you can, Israel will pay for you to fly yeah. from here yeah, yeah, yeah. and visit. I didn't know that's what Think about what that would do. We talk, we talk about like thought exercises when we talked about what would, what, what would the world be like if, if sugar was illegal and what would the black market look like? But think about what that would do to the economy if you did have to spend two years in the military after, think about the, the ripple effect. From 18 to 20. From 18 to 20. So if you're taking the 18 to 20 year olds out of the workforce and, and employing them into say military or the UN or whatever, like that, yeah. that might, uh, uh, macroeconomics are, it's so not, difficult. It's a difficult thing to project. Are you saying I'm just we saying. But I do think I, I, another six, big nine? another big problem. I think <laughs> that at least with we modern, definitely would not have Takashi six nine. At least with modern <laughs> um, young men, and I, I, I'm, I was victim of this myself. Uh, so I'm certainly volunteering myself. Is that there's such a loss of appreciation for trade, and maybe if there was forced military, some of those kids who would have been way better suited going to a trade school instead of like getting $85,000 of debt to go to a college, get a college degree that they're never going to use. communications. I think we're starting yeah, to exactly. see that change. You yeah. know, I, I, maybe, I, like, honestly, my friend who's an electrician, his life's kick ass and he loves his life and he's good at what he does. Absolutely. And you know what I'm saying? Like, like a great and there living, was, yeah. And there used to be a, as, as much respect for that as there was for being an accountant as well as it should be. And somewhere along the line, there, there was this illusory notion that that you were somehow a failure if you didn't go into something white collar, you know? or or something creative. Yeah, that's called right. capitalism. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I, but but there but there's so much value in people learning a trade. It, you know, not not look. Like my dad, my dad was born and bred to be a CPA. You know, it's like that's he, he fucking was great at it. He loved it. He went to school for it. Boom. But I I sir, I mean I had so much pressure to go and be and walk that line of like go get a, go get a degree go into something and I, I was like I can't I mean I couldn't do it I mean that was I part of that time period we I think we all I literally did. couldn't do it yeah. I just I, there'd be no possibility that I could go and work an office job not intellectually I'm incapable and and I think personality wise it was it was just not right but I I, I felt immense almost in a uh, a a, a fatalistic pressure that if I didn't do that, I was going to be somehow fucked. 
Um, and you know, I, I was so fortunate to fall into something that I could then make a career out of. But well, yeah, I just don't think it's for everyone. What, no. what are your thoughts? I mean, I, how old are you? Thirty-three. Yeah. You're younger than me. That kills I me. I know. <laughs> I have. I don't know. It's a touchy subject. I think everyone is so. I think the U.S. has become this soft country where everyone's afraid to offend people. Yeah. And sometimes you have to accept your kid isn't great. And um, when I was younger, my dad would not allow us to accept a trophy unless we were fir- in first place. Not in a negative way, but he wanted to say, why do you want a trophy that said you lost the championship? Or why do you want to? Yeah. And I think we have like this trophy generation. You're talking about the participation trophy yeah, generation. Like, yeah. Like, yay, you showed up. And I think um, the recipe for disaster. Yeah. And I think if you go to like the, if we really want to dissect it, it's the educational system that's totally broken. No question. Parenting. And you get people who think that their child's amazing when he's not. Yeah. And you shouldn't go to school. College isn't for everyone. It, ne- it once wasn't for everyone. And that, now everyone believes it is. But it, like you said, it's capitalism. I think now you're seeing. You know, uh, I can't speak for everyone at this table, but myself and you didn't finish college. I don't know if you mm, did, no. but it was, but my parents were teachers and it was ingrained in my brain yep. that if you don't go to college, you don't get a good job. That's it. Well, my dad, my dad, that. when I, when I actually took, uh, when I actually dropped out of school officially, because uh, I finished my AA and started, I went to, and got halfway through my, through my bachelor's, but when I actually dropped out and told my dad, he didn't talk to me for probably about three weeks. Wow. Like hung up the phone on me. Are your parents born here? Well, I come, I, I had a, uh, my, my, my parents weren't married. So my dad and my stepmom were very much a certain way. And my mom and my stepdad were very much a certain way. And it wasn't that my mom wasn't, wasn't, um, didn't want me to go to college, but at the same time, she just wanted me to do what I was going to be interested in. Yeah. But back to what no, you're saying. And they were both born here. I'm sorry. That's, I will say question, this. Yeah. I will say this. There is, even though there is a lot of that participation trophy and we kind of grew up hard nosed, like, yeah, I, I know I did. It was like tough love. This is how it is. I will say yesterday I, I saw between the March for our lives and seeing some of the youth, I will say I, I got off an elevator yesterday and there was a, probably an 18 year old girl in the elevator and the conversation itself <laughs> was way younger than anything I could participate in. I, I didn't want to, but I will say they was walked it about Takashi 69. I, it was just very, uh, I don't know how to. Heard I don't new little Yachty? Can we change the name to the show, Takashi 69? I don't yeah. even know how to explain it. But they, I watched the girls, uh, and there's two guys and two girls. They were walking down the street, and there was a homeless guy, and he was passed out on the side of the curb. And the girl walked by him and then asked her friend for money, went back and stuck like a $5 bill in his pocket. And it was, kind, and I'm not saying that's everyone, but there is, there seems to be kids are more considerate. They're more considerate. There's more empathy and you're Mm -hmm. seeing it with, with this March and a lot of things. I will say, I do think, although maybe the positive of the participation trophy is there's a lot more empathy with these children, with, with, with the youth. I think Uh, I I couldn't agree more. I, I, we can't throw the baby out with the bathwater. I am just as much incensed as you are that, you know, there's People um, aggrandize their children, and they and the, the you know the whole participation movement is is bullshit. And uh, you know uh, the idea that little league now um, wears full face masks and doesn't play with hard balls is insane, crazy. But at the same time, I definitely think, man, I'm not proud of this. By I'm just admitting this to help 
for the point. When I was in tw- sixth, seventh grade, we were way more likely to pick on homeless people than to give exactly. them give them $10. Now, you know, I live in Venice and all all little kids are all so sympathetic to people who have fallen out of uh, fortune. I, I, there was a kid uh, at a high school. The video ended up going viral. A kid that went to the high school I went to a few years ago, a 17-year-old kid. They were picking on a, a mentally challenged student and videoing it. And this kid comes yeah, out of nowhere and deal. cold cocks the guy for making fun of the, the mentally challenged kid. Oh, it's I thought like, you were talking about the kids in Chicago. That, that was heavy. No, this that was, was Huntington. Heavy. That was this, heavy. Is, this is a Huntington Beach. Yeah. You're like, what the fuck's your problem, dude? You're, why are you that picking was on this kid? Good. That was one of the most heartbreaking things I've ever seen. That, that thing in Chicago. Well, I oh, got a lot. I got yeah. a lot of heat on the air because that was, I mean, truly one of the most heartbreaking things I said. But w- what I said was, had I ever seen. But what I said was like, man, I feel bad for the kids who were perpetrating it. Not obviously not as bad as I feel for the victim, because how fucked is their life? How fucked is their home life yeah. that they think that that yeah, is Yeah, it's their fun. parents' fault. It's not right. their fault. Yeah, I mean, they're 13. That's the bigger issue. Yeah. Yeah. It's also, right. that, that situation was also a big part of it was gang mentality. There right. was four or five of them, and it just got to a, a place where I was a softie growing up and was so vi- prone to trying to be a part of the crowd and doing things that I didn't believe in just to look cool. I don't think you could get me to torture a fucking no. special needs kid. Like, you know what I'm saying? No, but I think it gets back to your point is that like, what, what's their home life that that just yeah. seems like an option. But I know, I knew, I knew I had, uh, and, and w- sometimes you just have bad apples, even with good parents, which is even scarier. Yeah. The, just, the most what? fucked up kid I knew growing up who will remain nameless, his, his parents were fucking sweethearts and they tried so hard. They tried so they employed the help of like to get other parents to volunteer to help with their son in junior high school. And he was a fucking maniac. Maybe he was, I mean, maybe there was some genetic problem. That's, that's the age no, old argument though, right? Are you, uh, are you nature or nurture? You? Or is it, uh, are you, a, is man inherently evil or no. is it a learned trait? You have, you have kids, you know, like kids They're, are naturally no. so loving and yeah, sweet. Kids are not born racist. No. They're not born evil i don't think they're assholes but they're not racist or they evil or 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 um <laughs> territorial okay. or so you guys are talking about this march for our lives and our our guest here has done some pretty incredible stuff in the environmental uh, space nice as far as getting legislation passed um i'll let you speak on it more because you know more about it but what do you want to know? Well, the microbead thing that you guys did first, the campaign you guys yeah. ran to it's eliminate. a sex toy, right? Yep. yep. It's a good one. Nice. But, so I was in a meeting in Santa Monica coming back to West Hollywood one day, and I had NPR on. And I, the scientist was regurgitating information about microbeads, how they're in face wash, toothpaste, how we're ingesting them, plastics becoming this thing that may or may not be causing cancer. And it happened to be a lecture that they were promoting at the Hammer that same day. So instead of sitting through traffic, I decided to um, loop in and give a listen. And it was unbelievable. And it was this husband-wife combo that uh, have this organization, Five Gyres. And they're like Stanford educated. And they've dedicated their entire life to raising awareness about plastic and the ocean. Mm. Um, So that's how I found out about it. Like traffic, basically, it's like LA traffic doing good. And a hammer yeah. museum, isn't that weird? <laughs> so weird on Wilshire, and I chose Wilshire that day for whatever reason. Um, but if you fast forward, I think what 
I think what happened and I think what got me excited about getting behind it is whether it be guns or whatever the issue is, everyone seems like it's like such a big thing and there's nothing you can do about it. So we chose this like weird and obscure thing, microbeads, and we got a few celebrities behind it and some newspapers in the UK that really cared. And it was just incredible to watch it like snowball. Um, and you and, come from a, sorry to interrupt you, but you, you come from a, uh, the entertainment, yeah, the entertainment so it's background, like entertainment right? marketing. Yeah. So I, I have nothing to do with it other than I grew up near the beach. I live near the beach and it was something that I thought about. And then I think what really irked me was that it was in toothpaste and they market it as like uh whitening or yeah. whatever. It's going to help you get the stuff. Yeah. Teeth, and but. they don't tell you, but it's such a low dosage of plastic that the FDA doesn't acknowledge it. Right. So we're brushing our teeth with plastic and spitting it down the drain or ingesting it. Is it in toothpaste or is it on the edge of the tooth it's in bristles, the toothpaste. Right? Oh, okay. It's the blue dots in toothpaste. Yeah. Not all of it, but a lot of it, like Colgate has it. Um, and I think for me, that kind of freaked me out a bit and thought like, wow, we have no choice about this. No one's telling us. And it's kind of fucked up what's happening. Um, so when we got behind that, we got pretty excited and realized that we can pick these little items, pick them off and create change. Um, whether it be that straws is our new initiative, which is working. Um, but I think you can apply it to the March or anything. That's what I'm saying. And then and you just I, have to be smart about it, man. And I get you guys' point. Like maybe the message isn't that concise, but I think there, it happened so fast. This, this wasn't, you guys thought about putting this campaign together. These kids yeah. got shot in their school and they're like, fuck this. We're doing something about it. Yeah. And as we go through it, they're going to start honing their message in a little bit more. And some of these guys are going to get voted out. And then, you know, the problem is it's making the right look really bad. And I is think, it though? but I think <laughs> is it Rick really? Santorum talking on <laughs> CNN about how saying, these I kids should have learned CPR and that would have fixed the, yeah, the active yeah. shooter situation. I think that they're asking for someone else to change a law. Well, they should take the, yeah. they should take things into their own hands. <laughs> yeah, what, that's a whole nother story, but that guy getting paid by CNN to go on the air and spew bullshit is a whole other story. But well, you, to use your, your uh, philanthropy as an example, it's not like you're going out and saying, we need to focus on the environment. Yeah. You focused in on this very specific idea and that always makes things, I think, so much more effective. And that, that was just my general point with, yeah. but Jay, you, Jay, so you bring up a good point. I don't, the problem is the kids at the center of it weren't the ones who set up this march. They probably got a, 20 other fucking groups together and they're like, you know what would be great is if you guys were at the focal point of this march that we're yeah. going to set up. You know what, I'm what we realized though was that with social media, things move so quick. So if you're not organized from day one, it can yeah. kind of get out of control and move beyond what you're trying to do. And I think with the march, everyone was so pissed that they set it up. It Social allowed people to organize so quickly and then everyone just showed up and they're like, yeah, we hate guns. Fuck guns. And without really having an idea, like, how are we realistically going to change an amendment? What right. is our ask? And then how do we just drive that home until everyone's sick of it and creates change? I, what's uh, You guys were able to get it. Now, microbeads in the U.S. and the U.K. U.S., are, U.K., Canada, Netherlands. And it's like this chain reaction. Are right? all illegal. Illegal. What Did it ever get to the point where you felt like you were in, there was a threat of it getting out of hand? With your movement or did yeah. it all seem seamless? Well, what we did is we employed a publicist that 
had relationships with the newspapers and we made sure that we owned the story. Yeah. And then um, obviously like tabloids and different papers twist stories and twist things. So it, it was for a good cause. So it didn't get too out of hand, but definitely facts were like bent and, you know, got a little crazy for a what minute. About, I have a plastic sound by oil. Yeah. Generally. But they, yeah. So it's like, it's so fucked. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like plastic's a byproduct of oil and they control everything. So how are we going to Yeah, how do you get around you're it? You're fighting big How oil. do you deal with being somebody that you, you know, this is this is more or less I don't want to say it's just your cause, but this is what you right now, this is what you do mainly, yeah. right? And you talked about you don't have to name names, but you talk about a lot of uh celebrities getting involved and always that's something that's essential to any type of any type of movement because it draws attention to it and it 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 always helps. How does the psyche work surrounding having to work with, and I'm sure you could probably, you see it right away, but the celebrities that get involved with this because it's something they believe in or the, celeb- the people that get involved with this because they want, to make, they want to make themselves feel better. It's a good PR move. And it, in, internally, I would imagine that kind of, I, I would know just, just speaking for myself, like, wanting to speak passionately about something and, and, and be around people that are, that are, that are moving your cause forward, having to, having to deal with that. Yeah. Well, your new campaign, you have some pretty big celebrities tied to this one, right? Yeah. Based on the success of the microbeat. Like I said, I'm not saying for you to say names or give us an example. I'm just the, 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 since I, right. I'm not making money off this. This is like, I dedicate time because I think it's, but the fuck. Yeah. Not making money. (laughs) Tell me about it. (laughs) But, um, I think if you're able to remove yourself and realize that it's for the greater good, like I don't get like if this guy has a PR agenda and he can help me move the needle and change a law, fuck yeah. it. He's the one who has to sleep at night knowing that <laughs> he had a meeting, right, with his agent and publicist and said, Man, this is a great idea. And we're, and then once we have momentum, then we're gonna announce the new film. Cool, dude. Go ahead. Yeah. You know what I mean? I would just imagine because it's something you you have to like you're you're living, breathing, you're waking up yeah. in the morning. And, and well, what pisses me off is that like the gun issue is a huge issue and there's all these like issues happening, but like the bigger issue really, and everyone needs to wake the fuck up is that like, we are destroying the place we live. Right. right? So there won't be a gun issue. There won't be a whatever issue if we don't figure that shit out. And I just returned last week from being in Europe for a few weeks and it, it was like, Russia weather in London. It snowed. It you like it wasn't London in March. In March, yeah. And I think it usually doesn't snow past yeah, January in London. Right? I didn't. I didn't even know it snowed there. I, I was when I was there. It snowed, but it was definitely. But you middle of January. Yeah, it's like March, and I'm wearing like it was crazy. But I think you have to think at the bigger picture of like our planet is changing without being a hippie about it, it's a reality. So if we don't all wake up and ch- do something, like who knows what's going to happen. Is that, has that been one of the harder things to deal with is that as soon as you go there, there's inevitably going to be a certain percentage of people that are like, oh, fucking tree hugger. Oh, everyone. You know? The crazy thing is people try to argue with me like, why you have all this, you have access to all this influence. Why are you doing this? Why not like a human issue? Aren't you solving <laughs> world hunger? You know what I mean? And that's what I say is like, Dude, like people aren't going to be alive to solve these problems if we don't figure it out. Well, I get a lot of flack from listeners you know, outside of California 
a lot of where the the issue has been very politicized. Um, yeah. Where if you are if you are in any way an environmentalist, you are clearly a liberal and you are anti the right. And yep. and I was like, well, look at it this way because I'm I'm a conservative guy, but I I believe in taking care of the environment only because. Why do I need the science to be in? What's the downside yeah. into driving a more fuel-efficient car, into recycling, into uh, choosing to use different type of materials that are, you know, a little bit more? Um, How does that actually hurt to, your what, daily wait, life? Yeah. What, what is? Uh, let's say, let's say the science is wrong, and we, we and, and, and it isn't human created. The the climate change isn't man-made. What's the downside, though, to me doing all these things? You There's know none. exactly, and I that that was always my kind of my big issue was that wouldn't, wouldn't let's like, just err on the side of it being true. Wouldn't and, the ultimate idiocracy of this entire thing be if the human race was wiped out by cow farts? Yeah, because that's which could happen. It's like twelve and a half percent, I think. Of it's the methane gas. California, yeah. California being wiped out by almonds. And all the you know, you know, so, yeah, things that are yeah not supposed to be. We we fucking starve. We just starve the water out of this country, out for of this almonds. state for almonds, and Crazy. we and we blow up the rest of the country <laughs> for fucking farts. Crazy. Farts. So yeah, I, so I think that's like the bigger issue is like I, I, self awareness. That, that argument is so incredible to me. It's like why don't you? Why are you focusing on this one instead of this one? Like. <laughs> well, why not? I can't even. I leave the room. What are the rules? Focus on something. I leave the room at that point because um, I just I don't understand when you when you go to these places and where people live, it's a shithole because they treat it like shit. Yeah, and then they complain about everything. So it's like, why not clean up your own house or backyard yeah. before you start doing other things? Just pick up the trash. That's all you have to do. Man. I do the dumbest shit every single day, and I told him about this. I'm such an old man. When I moved to my neighborhood. It was bumming me out. Oh yeah, that, that <laughs> I bought a trash picker upper, and when I walk my dog, I pick up the trash, trash in the neighborhood with a, with the with the grabber because there's one neighbor that just like must light an entire pack of cigarettes and throw it in and <laughs> and throw it into the gutter every single day. And I started just putting them on his front door. Like I am that old man. I realized that like I'm graying as we have this conversation. What? But I, what I didn't know, and last time you were here, you mentioned what's the percentage now that of of actual. Uh, goods that are being recycled in California? Because it's not 100%. Like everything oh, yeah. you put yeah. in that so recycle like, bin is not. Yeah, I don't know the number, but I think I sent you the article. Vice ran this article that they were shutting down something like 700 recycling facilities. In was, California. Yeah, because the price of oil got so low that it was cheaper to produce new plastic than recycle. Than recycle. Yeah. So we're, and they're still collecting it, but they're just putting it They're not in telling the us. Yeah, and they don't yeah. give a shit. But right. because I think that's the bigger problem without being like this anti-corporate, because I'm all pro-business, but I don't know how you run a company knowing that there's a better way to do things, but, and you purposely and not doing fuck, it. Yeah. Like what VW did, where they knew that they- I own one of those. Yeah. <laughs> I got the check last week. Yeah. Good. I had the, the, the diesel emissions. And now they have a graveyard. Have you seen that? I saw it, yeah, out in, um, if you choose to return your car, they drive it out to the Mojave Desert and they bought this land and there's like 300,000 VW. I thought they're trying to rebuild the, rebuild the engines. No, well, you can, you can old, choose to turn oh, it in. Older models. Mine, but, mine was a 2015, but uh, the older, I think before 2010, if you had one something or something. Like something that. If it was older than a certain amount of years and if the value was less than 15 grand or something. But that, I mean, that's it. a perfect example of, of, 
it's not just capitalism. It's just like where we're at with with industry in general. What what how they were punished in if in comparison to the amount of money they made off of that was not relative in the same way that like Wells Fargo, when the stuff happened with Wells Fargo with the fake accounts, they got hit with like, I don't know the exact number, but it was like not even like 10% of whatever the boost they got from crediting those fake accounts. And there's no no accountability because it's like, what are we going to do? We're going to shut VW down? I think they said with the Wells Fargo thing, it was about the same as what the Wells Fargo made in a few hours in a day. Yeah. And VW knew this, obviously. They're like, they're not going to put this many people out of jobs. They're not going to get rid of this many tax dollars. There's not, I mean, there's there's places in Mexico and in Germany. And you're talking about not just yeah. VW, you're talking the, about Audi and Porsche. The, the Audi, knew, it's like, if we get caught, what are they really going to do to us? The Audi fine was $1 billion, which sounds like a lot on paper, but, but it's not, but really isn't. And well, they're, they're, that old adage of too big to fail is, is very real mm-hmm. because the, the collateral damage is. You know, like Shane was pointing out, what are they going to do? Think about the tax revenue, think about the lost jobs, and you know it. it, it that that is a a unfortunate side effect of capitalism. Well, know? and the, and the flip of it is what that guy that defrauded the United States government and put that whole thing in motion. His entire all that happened to him was he got fired as CEO. That's it. And That's he it. got a bonus, though. He, they, a yeah, bonus, they paid him. He yeah. got, he got paid his uh, severance fee. Yeah, Wells Fargo. Wells Fargo. Wells Fargo. Yeah. He should be in jail. And I'll tell you so this. Should... That is the one thing. And I love, we talk about this all the time. And, and Obama, I truly believe, is is the greatest president of my lifetime. I do still have issues. And I'm still curious to see 15, 20 years from now, the documentaries and the investigative journalism that comes out of where all the money in that bailout package went and the way that the certain choices were made to like, well, okay, Wells Fargo and Bank of America, you guys are going to be, you know, because uh, it, it didn't, there's, there's still weird things that don't add up there. Ford did a great job with that money. Yeah, Ford. GM. They're crushing it now, right? <laughs> oh, I can't even talk about it. it just, I, today I was listening. Um, Tesla is, they were talking about how the Model 3 excitement has died down. And I just find it so funny that they make, like the news chooses these sob stories about these great companies like Tesla. And I was reading Motor Trend this morning as well. And the number one innovator in the auto industry was the woman who runs GM, which I found so funny because it's like- you What does guy, she innovate? I, that's what I want to know. <laughs> so you have a guy like Elon Musk, who's cha- literally trying to change the world and GM doing the same fucking thing. Is getting Making rewarded. Their plastic cars. All, <laughs> I think it's just all bullshit. And, it is. And they decided think, to go with two exhaust pipes on the new Silverado. <laughs> yeah, they, <laughs> they reinvented GMC. Yeah, it's crazy, man. So I don't know. So your new campaign. You just met with Theresa May last week. Yeah, not about the campaign specifically, but I think. You're kind of downplaying this. Yeah, it's not barely the lead. Yeah, <laughs> you, got, you got FaceTime with the prime minister. Because I'm still, uh, it's still in motion. But basically, I, two years ago, I went to London knowing none of these people. And what we realized is that the UK is a country where if you infiltrate London in a positive way, you can spread the message throughout the entire country. And we did that with microbeads straws and we're talking about launching a bigger british initiative with a number of uh like charities businesses government um around it which is 
hilarious because I'm not a British citizen and I don't even have a visa to be there. <laughs> I was going to say, you have a terrible British accent. We, yeah. should, we should also. <laughs> Dude, I'm, I'm going there and I'm checking my flights going, shit, I have 21 days until I hit the max 90 day period. I can't go back until I reset yeah. my trip. I'm over here applying for a visa. I can't get a fucking visa, but we're like making their country a better place. <laughs> and this guy, and I met this guy at the government. Um, You're who, not making the money, right? So they don't care. Yeah. You should also be wary of taking away toothpaste from Brits. Yeah, yeah that's I mean, true. See, that's something that's, that they that's, need. That's a really that sketchy it's endeavor. Just, I met this guy to help me. They set up a meeting with this guy to help me get the visa going. And he wouldn't, uh, and he told me that I'm not eligible, which I just found hilarious for all the good shit we're doing. It is, we can't even get a fucking strange, visa. Yeah. So yeah, we went to 10 Downing um, where the prime minister lives and uh, met her, her team, and a bunch of people were kind of celebrated for uh, charity and good cause and everyone got together. And what came out of that is this new project that we're working on called the Great British Plastic Challenge. Uh, that's probably a year to three year campaign to challenge England to cut their plastic consumption in half. Wow, which is cool. That's awesome. Yeah. How? What's the prime minister like? Very political. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like short. She's, she's on. Indifferent. On. She's yet, on. Lots of yes. Lots of no. You can't really tell. I think I feel bad for her because she didn't want that position. Right. Brexit happened. Yeah. Cameron resigned, and she got the position, and she inherited a shit show. Right. Yeah. It is. It is a little bit President Johnson. You know. It's yeah. Like, like we're going to leave the here? EU without <laughs> yeah. a plan. And now that we've left, now we have to negotiate out. That's crazy. I thought she put, uh, that, not, not to digress, but didn't she put that dude in charge? The guy that, uh, in charge of the whole negotiating Brexit with the EU. I thought she was putting I don't, I don't Boris know. Johnson and that whole team in charge of well, negotiating she, it. I don't know. Maybe she Could did. Be wrong, I don't know. But yeah, it was cool. Like it's just so weird going there because the class system is so apparent. Yeah, and you go it's in very there real. and everyone has this like accent from like the crown. And everyone's got these pinky rings with um like their family crest that goes back to like, like the signet rings, yeah. Yeah. And I'm this American guy in a uh, collared shirt with black jeans. He didn't. He's the only dude in the room not wearing a suit. Yeah, <laughs> I'm the only you. guy in the suit, and everyone wants to know, like, are, are you famous? Why yeah. are you here? Like, who is this guy? Is he help or is I'm he Jake famous? Gyllenhaal. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You don't know me. Why are you wearing black jeans here? <laughs> Must I be didn't know. <laughs> I didn't know there was. Uh, and they have these weird things. So the you're like, I'm the, trying to save the world, man. The invite. I have to show you the invite. The it said attire lounge suit. So you're gonna wear like velvet. Yeah. yeah. So I Google lounge suit, and if you Google it, it shows up that it's like a track suit. So I knew it wasn't that obviously, but imagine if I took it literally and I showed up, just like no, it'd be sick if you showed up like a guy Ritchie just like Billing. Ali G. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, lounge suit. <laughs> Booyashaka. So yeah, man, weird, weird. I could talk about that all day. How that world is so, it's like a movie. What's the build? What's the edifice like? I mean, people talk about going to the White House. I mean, I would imagine that's similar. What's the building yeah. itself like? So um, I think we were talking about it earlier. It feels like a rich, very wealthy grandma's house. 
inside. <laughs> like, you know, like, you know, the furniture is expensive. If she gave it to you, you wouldn't necessarily put it in your house. Right. But you know, it's like, there may or may not have been plastic over the top. Yeah. Of it at some but, point. Like oh, I can hysterical. imagine that when we leave everything, they put plastic over everything until the next party, you know, it's all for but, show. Yeah. Yeah. But it, that's what it felt like really old, important paintings, like guards everywhere watching you. It was pretty cool. It was like really cool experience. Definitely, oh, yeah, a, definitely a once. Yeah, I was gonna say once in a lifetime experience. Yeah, or just, maybe not. As you keep cranking these not, these man. humanitarian things, it's just weird because I've been there. I've been to House of Commons, and then I've been to Parliament. All through this plastic stuff. When are they going to give you some love over here on this side of the pond? When are you going to go to the White House or at least I don't Sacramento? think they give a shit though. That's <laughs> yeah. a problem. This White House or they don't yeah. give a shit. I don't know. I kind of like the fact though that I'm an American over there doing this and like. I kind of, in a way, obviously like I'm doing it for good, but there's like a cool element that I'm here in LA. Kind and, of a rebellious element yeah, to it. We're yeah, we're like yeah. reforming policy and it's kind of like a fuck you. Like, it's a very punk rock. Know, like, it dude, is. I have to get on a plane, go halfway around the world and they give a shit and the people here yeah. can't even, you know. It, it is like the the band that's huge in Japan that, you know, no one, you, exactly. you can walk down the street here and people are like, who's that guy? But you get off They're the like, plane. Trust like, me. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh my God, it's George. Yeah, the government, I know people. And yeah. here I can't get anyone on the phone. Were you ever famous in Japan, Mike? No. Really? I've never been famous anywhere. That's a lie. I, how I many times? I, I'm, 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 I'm how somewhat many famous women at like, Dodger Stadium. How many middle-aged women stopped you after Dancing with the Stars? Well, that's true. No, I mean, uh, well, no, that's true. I mean, I would think a, with the K-Rock thing. Wait, were you moment, on Dancing with the Stars? I was, yeah. With the moments, The moments right around Dancing with the Stars, there was a hot minute where like, where families were way interested. You know, I, I'll never forget, like, the, I was on a plane with, uh, right after I got kicked off, I we flew to New York to do like Good Morning America and all the, the press for ABC, you know, when you get kicked off. I was on a plane and the only other person in first class with me was Hillary Swank. And um How's she looking person? She's great. She's really she? very, very, very nice. Very nice person. Um and it was crazy because she was there with two full size dogs. In first class? In first class. I, when I say full size dog, I mean like German Shepherds. Two. Did they have and, seats or were they? Yeah, on the floor? and they were just on the seat. And they were just and by the way, fully well behaved. But I was like, that's a little eccentric. But uh <laughs> either way. The fucking pilots stopped. Like, obviously, they didn't stop the plane, but they they stopped what they were doing and came out and took pictures with me and my dance partner and not her and not and didn't even acknowledge her. But I got like I, I, I was crazy. I was like, kind of. I was like, you story. stopped what you were doing. Because yeah. like I've go, never been famous. And, the, and the guy, they were they were <laughs> both two Academy Awards both, man. They were both Southern, I think, from Texas, judging by oh their their accents. And they were like, my daughter's never going to believe that you guys were on the plane with me. Oh, I just got to take a picture with you. And I was like, of course, I mean, it'd be my pleasure. But I I, th I found that really strange. Y'all, but the dog lady that was uh, <laughs> that was surreal. I mean, the first thing that came to my mind was like, oh, my, but what about Hillary Swank? I just simply thought. There's a little I mean, perspective you, to that. Yeah. They probably fly with real celebrities all the time, and they do not do this. This is important to their family that the person from Dancing with the Stars is. And I think it was much more for my dancing partner than than for me. But but either way, I was like, wow, that that just goes to show you. Make fun all you want of how silly that show is, and it is stu stupid. But it's 
that, how, how that many, big. I mean, the, it's, what is it on twice a week? And you're talking about like 20, 24 20 million, plus million yeah. people. How far did you make it? That was first voted off. I was first. Yeah, I, I was. And why biggest. did you decide to do that? I, they asked and I was like, can I fuck around? I mean, like you guys really, at first I said no. Cause I, I, I was like, why would I do that? I'm, I'm nowhere near. I'm like, I can't dance and I'm not a star. That doesn't seem like it's going to work out very well for <laughs> me. Like, well, we wanted Mario Lopez, but he wasn't available. <laughs> yeah. No, what they said was, they said what they said was that what they've always wanted to do a, a real, like just strict radio personality, but they've never had one that looked good enough to do it. <laughs> oh and I was God. like, oh, well, thank you for the compliment. But uh, you're the only one without a face for radio. Yeah. <laughs> so they asked me to do it, and then I was like, no, no. And then, like, then finally, I called Stevo, who had done it like a couple years before, and he's like, "You're playing with house money, dude." He's like, "There's no <laughs> downside. You're playing with house money." I was like, "All right, I'll do it." So I did it, and it was worked out perfectly because I got booted off immediately, and I didn't have to do anything. And you know, and like, but do they take it serious? Like all the celebrities take it really some serious. Some of them, some of them do. Some of them don't. So, okay. so like, who won the year, the season you were on it? Heinz Ward. Say, oh, Victor, I remember Heinz that. Heinz Ward's dope. He took it serious. Heinz Ward's way dope. He's well, a Victor way Cruz, dope guy. Yeah. Victor yeah. Cruz better take it serious. He's like, his brand is a salsa dance. Like, That's what I'm saying. Yeah, Heinz Ward athletes, was good. Athletes, yeah. I think, inherently take it seriously because they're athletes, because they're competitive. They're competitive. Sugar Ray Leonard was on my seat. He was, he was way serious. Sugar Ray Leonard was way fucking into it. He's but in me, me, Wendy Williams... Um, Chris Jericho, we were all fucking. We how just fucked was, around. How we, was, all we did was fuck around. How so was Sugar Ray? Did you? Did <laughs> he you, was awesome. Did you hit him up on I, on boxing talk? All I did was talk. Pretty much. Did you all tell I, him Tommy Hearns besides beat his ass? fuck. All I did was talk to Sugar Ray. Did you tell him? Did you talk to him about <laughs> about the Hitman? <laughs> no, I did not talk to him about Thomas Hitman. I did talk to him about uh, uh, Christian Bale's character. What's his name? Oh, uh, from uh, oh the fighter. The fighter, yeah. yeah. What's the guy's He's name? incredible on that. Mickey Ward. No, no that's, Mickey that's Ward's brother. Um, Mickey Ward. Uh, fuck. I forgot. That. I can't believe I forgot that guy's name. James Ward, is it? No, he had like a like a very like a Boston very Boston Irish that was like like Ducky or something. It was like Dickie. It was Dickie, 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 Ward. Dickie, Dickie Ward. Ward. Dickie Ward. Dickie, was it? Yeah. It's Dickie, Dickie Ward. Ward, I think. No, it was like Dickie Sedgwick or something. It was Dickie. Anyway, I talked to him about that fight. He's like, let me tell you something, Mike. They like to portray it in the movie like he got me knocked down. I did not knock. He did not knock me down. Not one time. Don't get me wrong. He got me good. He got me good. A couple shots real good. But he did not knock me down. Did he step on his foot? Isn't that why he fell? Yeah, he said he that he slipped. He said he slipped. But he's like, and, and I'm like, I'm just sitting there like in that moment. That was a very it's surreal moment. I'm Dickie, like. Dickie Eklund. Dickie Eklund. Yeah. And I'm like, fuck. I'm talking to Sugar Ray Leonard about <laughs> certain different fights. No, and he's one of my favorite fighters. I just brought up the Tommy. He Hearns did thing say he it's... did say Tommy the Hitman Hearns hits harder than anyone in the I business. That. He said he hits harder than heavyweights. Hearns to this day still won't talk about that fight. He's still mad about it. He, he might have just passed away, actually. I think maybe not. I, never mind. Anyways, we got to wrap up. All right, George. Thanks, cool. yeah, George, man. Thanks for coming on. It got political for a minute. I was uh, worried. We get, we have <laughs> I'm a like, way shit, of guys. It. I'm trying to do a campaign here. I can't talk about these things. We, oh, we, we have them? a way to bringing it back around to dumb boneheaded bullshit. We got first of all, don't no, say it. No movie and no buttholes were talked about <sighs> in this, you in this said episode. It, though. You said it. No, we get we give our pat pat ourselves on the no, back. Oh man, you got a Pee Wee Herman that Wait, is. we're evolving. So is the thing that you shoehorn in the movies and I shoehorn in the butthole? Yep. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's Why do you talk about butthole? That's a I don't wonderful think I question, do. George. That's a I wonderful question. Shit. That's about his own. Fucking forced about me. His no, own. you forced me because oh, you're like, we, uh, do you know that you, people bleach their asshole? No, and no, I was no, like, no, no, no. I bleached my time. asshole. That's one not time. my fault. I had to I'll volunteer that up because I fucking bleached my Why, asshole. Why, though? It looked awesome. I mean, it really did. 
I, like you know ask. how your butthole looks like a chocolate donut mine looked like a powdered donut it was amazing it was just like ah you had to ask oh my god it was fresh anyways guys we almost did it it was very that close was technically fault. we did it because yeah, we, we let him go past the finish line citizen kane yeah, yeah, yeah there you go, there you go. <laughs> 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 uh, all right thanks guys thank you